Or, I don't yeah. know. That's weird. It's all right. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Let's start this thing. Yeah. What I'll yeah. do? I'll just keep switching back to the the YouTube window is actually dark. So I'll just I'll I'll see what we need on the notes, and then I'll go back to the dark window. I'll just go back and forth. <laughs> Blinding and then dark. Blinding yeah. and then dark. <laughs> I'm just gonna should have warning seizure warning. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if this uh, intro music works. Welcome to Crowbar Kernel Panic, the podcast at the intersection of Linux and gaming. This is episode 28, and we are recording live straight to YouTube at Crowbar Kernel Panic on YouTube. Um, we also, I, normally we're streaming to like six other places or something like that, but we're not doing that tonight. Just straight <laughs> to straight yep. to Crowbar Kernel Keeping Panic. Keeping it simple. <laughs> Keeping it simple. And uh, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're also available on anywhere. Podcasts are available at Crowbar Kernel Panic, um, as well as uh, we like to hang out on the Linux Mint Mintcast Discord in the gaming section. Um, have we talked about it on the show yet? We get to 200 subscribers. We want to make our own our own Discord. I don't know if we've said that on the show yet. I know that we've said I that amongst each other. We might have mentioned it last time, but I don't remember. Yeah, may- maybe so, but... Uh, yeah, we should start. We should start working on that now that we're both kind of getting settled in and getting back on our normal routine of doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, Finally, oh man, that was just crazy. <laughs> we'll try to get back into that. Um, but uh, you can send us an email at crowbarkernelpanic at pm dot me, um, or I have the link to that Discord in the show notes. Um, this week uh, we do have a few comments to go over, um, but we're going to be talking some news articles relating to NVIDIA. And um, EVGAs, uh, their their breakup, the big separation. This is a uh, we're a, t- a T channel now. We're gonna be talking about the big the big breakup in the tech industry. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I did not see it coming. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think people on the like very inside may have, but um, otherwise, yeah, yeah oh yeah, it comes as a, as a pretty big shock. Um, I want to discuss some game development news. I've, I, I think I've learned a pretty good bit since I last was like, talking yeah, this about sounds it last exciting. Um, and I have a game idea. I've actually already started on, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'm actually biting off more than I can chew. Like, I think I probably need to tone it down to a simpler, uh, a much <laughs> simpler project. Um, but, uh, oh, come on. You don't want to live stream your game, your game dev. Come on. Actually, that's the thing now. Yeah, I'm thinking I might want to start doing that. Right now, I'm so early in it that I'm like, I'm not comfortable enough doing that because, yeah, you know, a lot of silence probably because you're trying to read things and figure things out. Right. Yeah. I don't want to stream myself like just watching some YouTube channel learning how to do <laughs> what I'm doing. You know, but once I get past that point where I'm actually able to do things without watching someone right. else do it, then, then yep. maybe I'll I'll live stream it. But I'm not I'm not there yet. So far, everything I've done. I've I've needed to watch or read about it first. Um but then I'm also I want to talk about the games that I've been playing since starting game development that I'm kind of using as my inspiration. And I think that uh arises from yeah, interesting that sounds cool too. Con- uh, c- concepts, yeah. Um but first, let's dive into some of this EVGA and Nvidia news. Um 
I got two articles linked here in the show notes, but they're both kind of talking about the same topic. I think that um, the I think you can tell by the headlines that they're kind of they're they're two articles that are kind of talking about the same subject, but from different angles. Uh, yep. One is EVGA is reportedly so sick of working with NVIDIA <laughs> that it's going to stop making graphics cards altogether. Um, and then the other article is about the same topic, but it takes more of the approaches. Uh, it, it talks about how EVGA is, um, they're struggling with uh, making any kind of margin on graphics cards. And so um, report says EVGA had other reasons to stop making graphics cards, meaning other than just uh, they, so, felt, they felt bullied by NVIDIA. Yeah, but like <laughs> my thing with that with that article, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it when we get to it. But like, there, there's this huge hole in that article's plot, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put it in there because I, I kind of, I'm curious. No, I, I, I agree that it's a good article because I was like, wow, that's interesting. I wonder if that's true because I could see something just, like that being the case. I just wonder if that's their, their more Nvidia slanted angle. You know what I mean? Like if, uh, right. If you were a writer and you wanted to kind of slant the story, you know, to exactly. paint NVIDIA in a, in a better light, you might would take that approach to it. Not that either one is actually wrong. They're looking at the same events. Um, right. But I thought that was interesting. But so I I actually got more information about this from watching other YouTubers talk about the situation. There's yeah. some really great videos out there that describe what's going on. But EVGA and NVIDIA has had this relationship for like, like 20 plus years. They, I mean, yeah. it's like been forever. 1999. That's so crazy. Yeah. 1999. So yep. 20, 22 years. I mean, um, going on 23 years. Um, I know that I, I have an EVGA right now and I feel like all my previous cards were probably mostly EVGAs. I've had yep. a wide range, but I've had a lot of EVGAs and a lot of it had to do with same here. I was a Best Buy employee and that's what Best Buy sold. And yep. so that's what I would get my employee discount on. And so I've 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 owned a ton of EVGA cards over the yeah. year, and I've never had an issue with any of them. No, they've all they great cards. I've never had yep. to use their like warranty programs, but they, from what I understand, they have really good uh, warranties. Mm-hmm. They cover their products really well from everything I've ever heard. Again, I've never needed to use it. I heard about a program I never even knew existed that I could have taken advantage of, but they used to have an upgrade <laughs> program where you could actually like, really? trade in your card for a certain value to go towards another one of their cards. Interesting. I probably would have used that every year if I had known it was Yeah, a seriously. <laughs> That's a good, even like every other year if you could do it, you know, if you could wait that long. But apparently not just this, not just this situation, but this recent situation with NVIDIA making their own graphics cards. So NVIDIA started making their their own cards and they're they're selling their their own cards. Um right. They had come to an agreement of sorts and I don't know I don't know if it was like an actual contractual agreement or if it was like a gentleman's agreement amongst these two companies that worked together for years. Right. Um but EVGA was worried that okay if, if NVIDIA controls the supply chain, they essentially they, they make the chip technology and we base our cards off of that. And we're, you know, if NVIDIA is here, we're further down the supply chain. They control so much. Right. Like, they have a way <clears throat> larger margin than we do on selling our cards. And so you, yeah. you could see how EVGA would be worried that NVIDIA 
is going to price their cards in such a way that it's going to push EVGA, you know, out of the market. And, right. And so the first year, the first line of cards that NVIDIA did, they were higher than MSRP. And MSRP is what EVGA would be, you know, they, they would be targeting the MSRP yep. price. Yep. And then the next line of cards, they matched MSRP. So you could get an NVIDIA card and an EVGA card for similar prices. Essentially same price, yeah. And then now it, in, NVIDIA is cheaper. It's cheaper to buy an NVIDIA card than it is to buy an EVGA card today. Uh, yep. And that puts EVGA in an awkward position because they claim they are already selling cards at a loss because of the recent deflation of the graphics card market. And, yeah, yeah. And and so they're, they're, they're claiming, which I still find a little crazy because, I mean, cards are still over $1,000 in some cases. Like, I mean, that's yeah. just, to me, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old man, but that just seems absurd. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I think I bought my first graphics card for two ninety nine. Like, it just... Yeah, it, no lie. Yeah. It just seems like it's gotten out of hand no matter how you look at it, but... Um, Phones, graphics cards, everything's gotten out of hand. Yeah, but EVGA claims that even that is at a loss. And, like, they can't compete with the source. Like, NVIDIA is the source. Like, there's no way they yep. can compete with that. And and EVGA's bigger problem is they outsource a lot of their components. Like, their fan, their cooler, all that is outsourced. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know about the board, but most of everything is, is outsourced. Mm-hmm. So they're paying a lot extra. I think, I think they said, like, I don't know. I think it was in this article or the other article, something about, like, 5% maybe the profit margin. Yeah, that's if there is a profit. I mean, that's probably well before only. the whole before the whole pandemic. What yeah, I should say, yeah. when things were normal, <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 crazy. So they've basically decided that, given you know, no matter how you look at it, you know, Article A suggests that um, EVGA is uh, being bullied by Nvidia, and they don't yeah. they don't they don't feel like it's fair, and they want to. Uh, they want to move away from their relationship with Nvidia. Yep. Article B kind of suggests that well, it's the profit margin in the cards, and uh, it's just not valuable to EVGA to make graphics cards anymore. So they're going to focus on uh, the other products that they make. I think I think the speculation right now that I'm hearing is that they're mostly going to focus on their um, power supply market um, and the motherboards. Yep. Yeah, and it and that probably is a really good um, idea because. You know, part of this new change in NVIDIA's graphics cards is you're no longer going to be able, like, you're going to have to, if you upgrade to a 4 series NVIDIA card, you're also going to need to upgrade your power supply. Not oh, only, yeah. Even if yep. you've got a 1500 watt power supply, the, the dilemma is um, there's a new power supply adapter for the the new NVIDIA right. cards. Yep. Um, that's like a smart adapter. And you're it without this you can use like a uh you can use like an adapter to adjust to an older power mm-hmm, supply mm-hmm. but the problem is that that adapter is important because it's your power it has a mechanism for your power supply to tell the graphics card on boot up you know how how big your power supply is so that the graphics card will scale itself based on that interesting wow i didn't actually read that I I I just I just read about it right before right before we came on. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, and so I bet EVGA's new market will be will be kind of targeting those those yeah. types of because I mean Well, it says right here in the article that they make yeah. 300% more profit 
on their power supplies. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. And then this is going to drive up the need for new power supplies um, because yeah. of that Nvidia change. So I think it. Yeah, it's like a negotiation that happens like at the at boot up. And without without this special adapter, um, without this special plug. So I, I I hesitate to use adapter because they make adapters that don't have this plug. But mm-hmm. without the special plug, your card will just boot up. And it will just assume it can take what it needs. And so, if if, if you've right. got a 600 watt power supply and the card needs, you know, 400 watts just for the card, it's just going to take it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, whereas if you have this smart adapter, then it'll say, "Oh, you got a 600 watt. I don't. I need to chill a little bit, and it'll just take 200 <laughs> watts or something like that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, well, who I, the heck's going to want that? And how different? And here's another thing too: is like there probably was a time period where like you could innovate on like nvidia would come out with a new chipset and a new technology for a new line of of graphics cards and then a company like evga or msi they would take that information and then they would try to adapt it and make their cards perform better than the other competition but like um today is there really that dramatic of a difference between an ms and an msi card an EVGA card or an NVIDIA card. Like there's not really a, a dramatic not really. difference. Yeah. No. I so, mean, every, every benchmark I look between them, between, between like NVIDIA cards it's all themselves. The it's, yeah. it's all, yeah, that's it. That's it. It has nothing to do with, with what brand it is. Yeah. I, I have been saying, I, I've been saying for a while now and I'm, and I'm just now starting to feel like I'm playing games that are saying like, yo, you need to get a new graphics card. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I downloaded, uh, um, Resident Evil 2, the remake the other day and I, I'm, I'm, I can play it fine, but they've got like a little meter that shows you like it, <laughs> it, it goes, it shows you how much gigs it wants to take from your graphics card yeah. and then how much you have. And uh, yeah, when I play that game, it's like, it wants like nine gigs, but I've only got six, a six gigs graph graphics card. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm starting to, uh. I'm starting to feel it. I'm, I might, I might upgrade, but I've been saying basically since we started the podcast, my next card will be Radeon card. And yep. every time we do an Nvidia news story, it just makes me want to get a Radeon card even more. So yep. Um, and and uh, AMD's new lineup is looking to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this next gen is going to be, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, maybe next episode I'll do a uh, some benchmarking and see if I can uh, pick out a card before uh, before. Yeah, I got to pay my I got to pay my DragonCon off my credit card. <laughs> Recently <laughs> went to DragonCon, so I pay that off. I'll buy a graphics card. Um, Google is shutting yeah. down Stadia. We saw this coming. I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about Stadia like basically since the month it came out. Yeah, I and mean- I. I we kind of talked about it a little bit, but <laughs> I think I honestly think we were kind of the best. Like, like I, I gave it a pretty good review, and uh, I, I won't say like I don't think I was like super like uh, you know super flowery and excited about it. But <laughs> but at the same time, I was like this could be useful to some people. And, and oh and yeah, it, and it came out right at the time where it was like you could not get a graphics card. Yeah, it it like it got the best start it could possibly get. Yeah, yeah, it, it had the failed. best chance. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a great way to look at it. It had the best chance possible, and it still failed. It was like, um, you know, if if you were willing to pay six thousand dollars for a, you know, 
a low end graphics card. You still could not get one. Seven ten. <laughs> it was it was not possible. It was it was one hundred percent not possible to get a graphics yeah. card during that yeah. time period. And 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 if you think back to like twenty twenty, we were like, this might be it. This might be the rest of our lives. We yeah. And so we were, maybe, we were really concerned at that point. <laughs> maybe Google Stadia <laughs> is the way to go because we may never buy another graphics card. And uh, yeah, even still, so the graphics card market started to chill out, and uh, yep, yep, it's uh, they've announced that they are they are ending. You know, I liked it for like playing games with my son on our television, right? And uh, they, but the library never changed. Like Google Stadia had the same games from the time yeah. it launched to, to yep. now; it never changed. But good thing is, is that they let you have your money back if you did buy games with them. Oh, so I never bought a game. Um, that's interesting. So if you bought a game, they, they returned, they returned that. They're going to return. Yeah. They're going to return the money you spent. Yep. Wow. But here's my conspiracy theory on it. Yeah. So they're saying that they're going to use the technologies they learned with Stadia in other aspects of Google. I mean, obviously they got to make it worth it. Yeah. But this is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Was the whole thing just a ploy to, for AI to be able to put that, insert that into other aspects of their, you know, where where ecosystem? Where do you think they'll use it? I I don't know, like YouTube for streaming, like to 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 help with the the speed of the streaming. I mean, because like they had to stream the game to the lowest latency they possibly could. Um, yeah. I, think, I mean, I think they could use it for. It would be cool if uh, there was a service like Stadia. But for applications, like uh, like oh, Adobe, yeah. like the Adobe Suite, like if uh, you know Adobe, yeah. Adobe is doing like a web version of their uh, of of various tools that they have now, and that'll be good for Linux users because you know we won't have to have a desktop version of we can possibly just use a web you know version yeah. of, of the product. But like if uh, if there was a thing like you basically sign up for a, a Stadia service, um, but it had you could log into your adobe premiere account and then use adobe premiere on linux or something like that but that's so the thing about that is it's so specific like that's such a niche thing like they're you know they're not going to use it for that but did you hear about the google ai that uh there's this data scientist that believes it's sentient did did you ever hear about that oh yeah 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 i did hear that i did hear that i uh (laughs) i did a whole podcast about that on on another show but it's it's like um (laughs) it's a really interesting story but but I personally, and if, if people want to hear us talk about this, well, maybe next week we can talk about it. But because I'll talk about it for an hour if we talk about it. But um, <laughs> I personally think that it's it's amazing what the scientists found. But I don't believe it's sentience. I mean, yeah, I uh, from what I heard of it, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I don't believe it's sent like, sentient either. <laughs> in, in in an elevator pitch, he basically had it describe whether it was or was not sentient, and it was able to make a case either way. So if he told it to describe why it was not sentient, it could. And if it told it what to describe a case of it being sentient, it could. And he, he believes that even even something that was not sentient would not be able to explain why it is not. And um but I think that's wrong because it has all of the knowledge of Google at its disposal. Like it it, right. it can study other writers that have wrote about yep. sentience. You know what I mean? Like that's where it came Take from. Take that knowledge out of there and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it's still super interesting. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um let's see. So now we're getting to the stuff that I actually put in the show notes but I did not read. 
I had you know this, but the listeners don't know this. I've been up all night. I've only had about I've only had about two hours of sleep because yesterday we were supposed to do the show, and yeah, uh, you know where I work at our systems all went down and we were all we were all busy all night long um and uh this morning everything's working again but like i'm super super exhausted so actually i made the show notes and i've not i've not read these next two so maybe we'll save them for next week okay unless you know enough about to talk about it but there's a a new never before seen malware has infected hundreds of linux and windows devices i didn't even read this article so i don't feel right talking about it if you haven't read it I skimmed it. I mean, I didn't well, really look into it. So I'll read it. I'll read it. We'll talk about it next week and whatever uh, changes have happened in the meantime. Uh, I haven't heard about this one at work yet, so we'll probably uh, we'll. There's probably like a patch or something. I'll have. To, I'll probably be forced to learn about this next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Guild Guild Wars Two is now available on Proton. Um, or it's now available on Steam, so you can install it and run it on Proton. And uh, I tried it out. We we talked a lot about it. Did you ever try it out on Proton? I know that you already had it on the non-Proton. Right. I didn't get a chance to install it. I didn't even. I actually kind of forgot about that whole thing. So that's something yeah. I'm good gonna have to try out later. Yeah. But um, I definitely do want to try it though. That sounds pretty cool. We had a uh, we had some um Discord users in the Mintcast Discord report back to us how their experience was and it seemed to line up with what with mine what i saw and i would say that i don't remember having these issues running it on the non-proton version so running it just on lutris on the right whatever the generic lutris installer is for guild wars 2 um right i don't remember having any problems there but it's been it's been a few years since i tried it and you know with with mmos they change from month to month so it could yep. be that at that time it was just running great um but this time around trying it on proton every once in a while i would get like a stutter in the camera movement like so like in mmo yep. style controls that's exactly the problem i used to have with it on on the even the lutris build on I, lutris. I had that problem oh wow okay yep. i don't remember having it on lutris but again it's probably you had timing. to you had to set the settings the video settings to a certain uh, like just you had to do this certain like yeah group of settings and then it would be okay okay I forget exactly it's been so long I, I i forget exactly what those settings were but when i did that it was like it, it was smooth then it wasn't as good graphics quality but it ran smooth well this time around at least on on proton uh it was not like it wasn't a big deal. Like it was, it didn't happen right. every time I moved the camera. It was just occasionally. So I, you know, it didn't really bother me. I the thing about Guild Wars Two is, I think that game is both genius and terrible. I I like <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about the game that I just I I will binge it. I played that for hours on end for about three days, and then I just got totally bored with it and quit playing and I, well, i'll tell you what i like about it is their questing model the way it's like you're, you're going through a map and then you're discovering more about more and more about the yeah. map and it's different than other mmos and that like you don't go from like here's a quest giver you pick up their quest you go do what it says you come back you turn it in you get experience yep. yippee it's like you kind of like get to do what you want like basically you go to an area and in that area there'll be like 
three or four different things you can do. You can either gather apples or you can kill spiders yep. or you can, yep. you, you choose what you want to do until you fill the bar up. And then when you fill the bar up, you, you get the experience for that area and then you just move on to the next area and you're accumulating points with these factions and then they all have little stores. There's like a, the, yep. the closest thing to a quest giver is the person. There's a person in the area that has a little store on them where you use those points to buy things for the game. I like that mechanic. I think it's I think it's pretty innovative. I've seen, you know, World of Warcraft has copied it. Like they they perfected it and then World of Warcraft implemented it in in one of their uh I don't know which one it was, but one of their uh releases had a similar kind of, you know, fill up the bar kind of thing. Um, right, right, yeah. But what I don't like about I I don't like that like in Guild Wars 2, it feels like there's no like special like there's no holy trinity there's not a tank a healer and a dps like it's like right you know there's so there's a support class and then there's like a a dps class but that that's like the i don't know that's the part about it that i don't like and i usually yeah it's not it's not as defined as yeah like eso or or uh world of warcraft yeah yeah but i'm just I'm just I'm a boomer MMO player, man. I I, <laughs> I have a certain <laughs> I like the Holy Trinity. I know a lot of modern a lot of modern MMOs are are getting away from it. I like the way Elder Scrolls handles it, where ev- yeah, everybody has the has the uh, ability to be any of the three, but you still need a you you, you still need a healer and a tank, but like right. anybody can fill that role if you just spec. Like you don't you don't have to be like oh crap, right. well I wish yep. I had made a tank you know you can just spec whatever you have you can spec it to be a tank I like I kind of like I yeah. think that's a good balance of how to do it well and in Guild Wars too um so each different race you can kind of like they they have different you know skill sets mm-hmm. so like you can you can kind of do that if you pick different races for your characters yeah but it's not needed like they don't have right like they don't have like I was basically building a tank but like for what like like whenever i queue it's not like i'm actually like nobody cares if i hold aggro or anything like that like it's not a right traditional, right like, tank you know um but yeah depending on what weapon you pick up in guild wars 2 uh that's what changes your your bar and so you could have like well my support weapon will be uh, a mason shield and then w- whenever i go with a group that needs a dps and they already have a support then i'm using a, a two-handed you know yep hammer or something like that Right, but I've never played it, and I'm every time I play Guild Wars two, I make a new character, and I've never played it like past level thirty, so I, I don't even know what the <laughs> end game is like or anything like that. So I'm probably talking completely out of my butt, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, even me, I I haven't I haven't even played it that deeply either. Like I just I. <sighs> I always surface level all of the MMOs. The only one I've actually played that I got real deep into is RuneScape. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've never really like, played RuneScape. And, and like I just I just always surface level all of them. Like I've never got to like the max level in any MMO. Like yeah. I just I don't know. I just I don't play them enough. It's one of those things where like I feel like you really had like the the thing about MMOs is like it they're fun if you're playing with other people. And right, you've got like a group of friends, and you meet and play, um, but they're not fun. They're mediocre games at best, alone. You know, alone. Yeah, um, ESO is probably the best one out of the bunch to play alone. I like, but it's the still... way the the like delving, like you, the way they're delving their dungeons and the way the quests are all like right, are all voice acted and like 
Yeah, I really like ESO is a, a really good MMO. It really is. It really is. It really is. Yeah, it's overall really good. And I think that's mostly because they they use Skyrim as or just Elder Scrolls, yeah. the regular franchise, as its like base, and they kind of built an MMO around that. So already in place infrastructure. So the topic that we were discussing. And I hesitate to get into it because I know that we'll talk about it for a really long time if we really dive into it. But, like, <laughs> is I feel like if you're playing an MMO by yourself, why? Like, if you're playing an MMO yeah. and you're not playing with other people, you're not doing group content, like, I feel like Skyrim... It's an MMO for and, a reason. <laughs> and not only that, but, like, I don't think the games are all that great. I think, like, if you compared Skyrim to ESO, Skyrim's a better game. And if you're yes, gonna if you're gonna play by yourself, then play Skyrim. Like the point of yep. playing Elder Scrolls over Skyrim is because you're gonna play with other people. And uh, yep. I so I don't I don't. The only time the only time it comes ahead is if you're like a lore like aficionado yeah. and, and then you want to know more, everything. Yeah, and yeah see, you definitely and, get more in depth. And see, that is something that is different for me in my mind. When I play MMOs, I basically don't pay attention to the lore. Um, <laughs> skip all the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I skip all the dialogue. I, if it's not a cutscene, I'm not, you know, I don't read and any And that's extra why stuff. it takes me so long to play MMOs because I read everything. I listen to now, everything. I want the story. <laughs> when I play a single player game, whether it's an RPG or I'm about to talk about some survival horror, but like whether I, if I play a single player game, it's complete opposite. I read right. every scrap of paper that there is to read. I watch <laughs> videos about the lore outside of the game. Like I get, I then the lore is the game to me. But for MMOs, yes. it's it's more of the community stuff. Like I I want to kill dragons with my friends. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, right, right, um, gotcha. So so yeah, but right now I've been playing all single player games. That's that's one of the things I was going to talk about this episode. Is like I have I have reaffirmed my love for single player games again. Um, <laughs> I think in the last couple episodes I had talked a lot about like oh uh, I'm going to try this MMO out this week and then I got bored with it and I'm going to try this new one out for a week and then I got bored with it. Uh, you know oh there's this new one coming out and I'm, I'm watching <laughs> what it's going to do and I can't wait for it to come out because I want to try. It. And uh, every time I I, I log in nobody's social anymore. All the games are made yeah. in such a way that they discourage social interaction. Yeah, you I've can been, just stand there and everyone just runs around you. Nobody talks yeah. to each other. It's kind of like whatever. I've been playing Star Trek Online since it launched, and I've never <laughs> been in a group with other people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I've never been. But you don't need to in that game. Everything, like, e like if you enter content it scales to you and it scales to your group so if you're a single person you don't need other people whereas like right. old school mmos there was content that you just were not going to do if you didn't have other people and i right. think that those days like no one wants to play that anyway that way anymore and so modern mmos have to adjust for that which to me defeats the whole purpose of an mmo of an mmo yep so yep so i've been playing single player games i've been playing single player games again and I have fallen. I have remembered why I used to love them so much. Um, I've as part of my I'm game by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. Um, so, well, I, this kind of this goes into my game my game dev talk a little bit. But um, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm trying I'm trying to learn Unity. And, um, I've, I've learned a lot since the last time we talked about it. Um, 
I know how, so I spent a long time working on character movement, um, like learning how to move the character. There's a really easy way now to do character movement. They have a, uh, Unity has like a tool that uh, they have like their own like module that's like they have first person and third person and uh-huh. it's to display their new movement system. They recently changed their movement system. And it, and you can basically just install this module in your Unity game and then uh-huh. um and then you can use it. You can use it in your game. You 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 can just replace their character with your character and then bam, you got movement. Um, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um but I wanted to recreate and this is going to kind of give a little bit of a um spoiler into the type of game I'm trying to make. <laughs> Um, I wanted to recreate Konami Capcom '90s horror survival style tank movement, where you know your character pivots on a point and then runs, and pivots on a point and then runs, and that's oh sort of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So I'm trying to make a modern version of that, and my the game that I've been playing for uh, inspiration on how to do this in a modern way is in resident evil remastered so it's where they took the original resident evil and they've yep. they've remastered it <laughs> it's the name um but it's um it just looks a lot better <laughs> it does look a lot better but a lot of the mechanics are are this a lot of the mechanics yeah, are they the really same. they really kept it mostly the same yeah and you can switch i think they call it classic versus modern controls yep on the fly yeah and that's right and so i kind of like tried yeah. them both out and and the thing that people may not remember about original, like classic tank style, was you always moved in in direction based on your character's orientation. So if if uh, Jill Valentine was facing towards the camera, but you pushed forwards, you were going to walk Jill towards the camera because yep. it was based yep. on her direction. If you switch it to modern, um, you always walk away from the orientation of the camera. So if you push forward in that same scenario, Jill's facing the camera. But if you push forward, she's gonna she's gonna walk away from the camera because yep. it's forward means forward in in relation to the camera direction. Um, I decided to go with that because probably when I was a kid, I probably played the original and it felt normal because I had not played anything else. But I feel like right. I feel like in today, like you would probably use the more modern version of it. Oh yeah. It, it took me a little while to get back used to that way of playing. When I first started playing the remastered one, because I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember if you play the resident evil zero, uh, that they have on steam. I don't think it's remastered. I think it's just the original resident evil zero, but I can't remember if it's the modern style tank movement or if it's the old style, um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into that. One. I have it, but I haven't installed it in so long. I, ha- I haven't tried it. Um, but I, I took that. So I, I made a, I, I, I made a whole project just for like getting the movement down. Only I added in. Well, what could you do to kind of add like a modern flair to this? So um, I added in like a focus. I called it a, a focus mechanism. So if mm-hmm. you right click, then you're still fixed camera, just like original um, Resident Evil, um, where the camera, you know, has like a follow mechanism, but it stays in one place, like a security camera kind of thing, you know, like classic yep. Resident Evil. Yep. But if you right click, the camera would move into like an over the shoulder view, 
and then what and you could oh yeah and then you could move you could look around but you couldn't move in that state and then whenever you take your finger off of the right click it would go back to its original um you know that monitoring that is pretty freaking cool because sometimes you're like looking down this hallway and you yeah. just don't know what's there oh and yeah you're like man i wish i could see i wish i could see down this hallway there's so many times <laughs> where like yeah like uh you see jill valentine standing there with her gun and you hear the zombie like, <laughs> 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 but yeah you don't know if it, you're should i shoot yet or should i because you can't, yeah. you can't see past the camera yeah I really want to save my bullets. So I want to knife this thing, but man, where is it? <laughs> yeah. But my problem is, so I had like an animation set. Oh, and I'm doing this with Cinemachine is the name of the module for that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So Cinemachine allows you to have one main camera, but then you set up these Cinemachine positions and you can set it so that whenever the character walks into range, it switches cameras. Um, mm-hmm. okay. And then I had one Cinemachine camera that followed the character but it was only active if you right clicked. And so that was how it got the motion to go to the over the shoulder view kind of thing. But it kind of okay. made me dizzy a little bit because like if you're if you're navigating from this like top down approach and then all of a sudden you're looking like over the cam the character's shoulder and the problem I'm running into right now is that like I can't have the camera it it faces once it goes over the shoulder it could be like facing the character's face or it's hard to get it to every time I want it to show up over the shoulder. You know what I mean? So right, I'm still, so I'm still working on, on person's looking. Yeah. Working on that out. But I also learned to do, uh, and I'm, I'm still working on this, um, melee and like attack animations. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I'm downloading character models. I, I can't make character models. I'm not an artist in that way. Um, although I do know yeah. somebody that knows how to do 3D modeling, but he doesn't know how to do animation. So I, I, I always run into that same <laughs> that yeah. same thing. It's like I'm not an artist at all. I, I cannot make characters, but I know somebody, <laughs> and you do too. Our our friend Graham, he could he can do 3D modeling, but I don't know that he could make an entire character and also animate it. But if I took a pre-made and pre-animated character, he might could adjust it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I bet you he could. I bet you any money he could. Yeah, because like there's a character that I recently purchased from the asset store, but I want her to be wearing a hoodie, and I'm, I'm thinking about getting with him to see <laughs> if he can put a put a hoodie on her instead of what she's currently wearing. But, um, so I'm still working on learning uh, melee. I have no idea how to shoot a gun yet. I've. I, oh man. Yeah. I no idea. <laughs> I got a long way to learn about that. But right now, maybe you should start with clubs first. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting, with a, I'm starting with a crowbar. I'm trying to get my yeah, right. Start with the, to start with carry the crowbar. a crowbar and, and hit with a crowbar. But <laughs> but I'm still working on that. I actually was working on that earlier today, um, and I thought I had it. I don't know. I ran into a roadblock earlier today, so I don't know it as good as I as I thought I did. Um, but uh, I've also been learning about rendering pipelines. There's a lot of stuff to get into and learn with Unity. Oh man, I can't I can't even imagine, dude. But it's all it's it's all easily obtainable though. Like there's lots of tutorials, there's lots of yeah, oh, yeah. YouTube yep. videos, and there's lots of different ways to do different things. So a lot of the stuff that I'm learning to do, I could just buy a ninety dollar bundle that would do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like do that. Like if that's what's stopping you from making this great idea that you've had in your head, yeah. I don't think there's any shame in doing that. But we want to play the game that you haven't made yet, so make it. The most of the most of the reason I haven't done that is because I want to learn about it so I can talk about it on the podcast. But right. if it wasn't for that, I probably there is a horror pack because I'm trying to make a horror game. If people didn't figure that out yet, 
Um, <laughs> really? There, yeah, no. There's there's a horror pack. <laughs> I think it's I think it's literally it's a hundred bucks. It's like I think it's like ninety dollars. But there's they're always having sales and stuff. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, oh, I picked up two humble bundles since our last episode that were all like. Uh, I mean, it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of uh, mm-hmm. Unity assets. Oh, yeah. And, dude, you're getting right into the season, too. I didn't yeah. even think about that. But, like, we're coming right into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I bought a bunch of asset uh, that, like, one, I bought a card game asset on Humble Bundle. I bought the whole bundle for $30. And this one asset alone was $200. So, like, Whoa. yeah. So, watch Humble Bundle. I'm not even using that yet, but I was just such a good deal. I just went and did it. Um but uh, yeah, there's this one horror like first person shooter a- uh, asset that you can buy. It's like a hundred bucks, and y- you literally have everything you need to make a game. You just you probably don't want to use their generic assets because then everybody's gonna see that your game looks like everybody else's game. You probably want to replace those. But the core mechanics of it would be there. Um, but I'm just trying but to learn have everything a good story. individually. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a good story. So I I have been thinking about the type of game that I want to make. And originally I was wanting to make something multiplayer, but that was just too complicated. It's way more right. complicated than you think. It's not a matter of, okay, well, just, I'm going to make a single player game and then allow more than one user into the world. You, it, it is, there's a whole finesse to it that I'm just not ready to tackle yet. And, That's Valheim level. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, this has made me appreciate Valheim so much. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, now going through this whole thing, I appreciate indie made games so much more now. I, I, I had no idea. Um, so what I've been doing is I, I really want to make like a Konami, Capcom '90s adventure survival uh, horror style game. Um, I have a plot. I know what my premise is. I'm not ready to reveal it yet. I've already changed it twice, so you know it, 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 ah. it, it could change. <laughs> But I have, but I've landed on a really good one that I think I'm going to go with. And the good thing about it is, it could be big or it could be small. Right mm, now, okay. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that I've this, I, I've planned too much, and I need to tone it down a little bit. So, gotcha. I, I think what I'm going to do is, um, I think I'm going to make, like, if you think about like, uh, if you think about like. Resident Evil 2 or like Silent Hill 2 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where they start out in one area then they go to like two other like they change scenery like two yep. or three times. Yeah. I may just do like one like one area and I want to have puzzles, you know, where like you have to find a crank to open a door yeah, to you right. know, do all that stuff. Um but it's expandable. Like the the concept I have, I could expand on it. So if I get there quickly, and it seems like I could do more. I could make it more, but maybe I could just make a really short game, just as a proof of concept. You know, just to you know, I just did this to learn. So, it'd be a good uh, example. And whatever I do, I'll, I'll make sure is if if I actually make anything successful, if, if something prints out from this thing, I'll make sure it's available to <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be. And obviously, I'm making it on Unity um, because I'm I'm targeting Linux, obviously. Um, and uh, so it should be playable. I have no idea how that works yet, um, but yeah, I, like how do you test <laughs> on either way? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I've been developing. It on... Hey, I'm here. I could be a tester. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I I made a uh, GitLab project for it, but I haven't actually. I haven't dude, updated my Git. It's, it's I just I, I just had like an epiphany right now. Yeah, dude. So after my Arch install, mm-hmm. like 
that's what we got to target. <laughs> like, I have to only play the game on Arch, and we just have to yeah. troubleshoot for Arch. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that complicated because I've been developing it in both places, but I have not, in Windows or in Linux yet, I've not rendered anything to, like, an executable. And so I'm, ass- I'm assuming that as long as I have the packages, like, in Unity, there's a place where you say, uh, that you need the Android packages or the you know the Switch Nintendo Switch packages or the right. Windows pack, and I'm assuming that if, as long as I check the box for Linux, it should work. Yeah, but I've got no idea. I don't know. Um, it can't. <laughs> in a way, it can't be that easy. But in a way, maybe it is that easy. Yeah, don't know. you're thinking like, man, there's got to be a catch here. <laughs> yeah, man. there's got to be, be a catch. Good. But I'm so far from like I'm so far from even being ready to test that yet. Oh, dude, I'm I'm like I'm so excited for this though. You can't stop. <laughs> so I've been playing. I have. A, I, I will reveal the the plot. Maybe next week I'll I'll drop I'll drop hints every uh every so yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. Don't reveal it. Just just like just drop um, some hints. Yeah. I'm right now. I'm deciding between uh if it should be Resident Evil Four over the shoulder style or like classic Resident Evil tank style. I am really nostalgic to the tank style, but I'm afraid that no one wants to play that type of game anymore. Um, so I don't know. I would be interested in anybody listening if they, they want to let us know if, it, you know, yeah, what your opinion I mean, on that is. I personally would prefer the, the tank style. Like, I like really? that. Okay. I, I, I do. I like, so. I prefer it's it too. Just, it's, it's nostalgia for me, to be honest. It, it really is because, like, it, it kind of, it does get frustrating at a point because. Yeah. I haven't played it in so long, but I think if I really dove into the game and I actually went through the whole game, I think by the end I would start to get to enjoy it again. I think it's, I think it is depending on the style of game you're trying to make. Like if you're trying to make something that's real cinematic, like you're playing in a movie, then yeah. the tank style is better because then you, you control right. the cameras. You, you can make it as dramatic or as, you know, cinematic as you oh, want. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, versus like resident evil four is a great game, but you're, you, it's way more like you're playing a game versus the earlier Resident Evils where it was like you were you're surviving. You were a in movie. a movie and you're trying right. to figure out, yeah. Yeah. And and also Unity's so flexible that I almost think that I could make it uh an option where you could switch back and forth. But is mm, that the right cool. is that the right thing to do though? I mean, there is a certain element of like you want people to experience your game the way you intended it. So maybe you don't give them the option, even if it is easy to implement the option. But I don't know. Right now, I'm working on I'm working on both. Um, for one thing, in the development phase, it's easier to have the over the shoulder camera because then I can kind of walk around the environment, make sure everything lines up the way I want it to. As okay. I'm yeah, it. I see. I see um, what you're saying there. Yeah. But I got some really exciting games that I've been playing in preparation. So I mentioned Resident Evil Remastered. Um, I actually never played that game all the way through, so um, I am almost at the end of it now. I've been, I've been playing it, and oh wow, okay, that's cool. Yeah, even the original Resident Evil, I never finished. I mean, I know the storyline, but I was pretty young when it came out, and like I used to play that with my cousins, and we just thought it was neat that we could make Jill Valentine play the piano with a shotgun in her hand. Like it was, <laughs> like we <laughs> we didn't really understand what we were doing. Um, and I never went, I never made it all the way to the very end. My first resident, my first game in general that I played all the way through to the end was resident evil two. Um, that was probably the first game I ever beat beginning to end. And, um, and so I never, I never, I never beat the first one. This will be the first time I've actually gone all the way through it, but I can tell I'm, I'm really close to the end. Um, and 
it's a lot of fun. I like it. I actually am like feeling kind of like um, I'm playing it on normal. I didn't. I didn't. I was scared to pick hard, and I didn't want to pick easy because I felt like I was chickening out. But honestly, uh, dude, yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think there's probably a big gap between normal and hard because there is. Yeah, because I think hard. <laughs> I think hard would have been like super hard, but I, you, like you just you just get nothing when you're when you're in hard mode. Yeah, you, there's like you get like two bullets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like right now in the beginning of the game, I felt like it was like I was struggling to get bullets. I've had I've had health the entire game. Like I rarely need to use any kind of health. I I still have the the first aid sprays that you start with. I still have all yeah. those. I've basically just wow. been using the plants. And even in plants, I mean, my my chest is like full of plants. Like I never, <laughs> I never use them. Um, I never use the poison plants hardly. Like it's, um, I, I'm actually surprised that uh, it's as easy as it is. Uh, I'm I'm actually more confused by some of the puzzles. I'm like I'm like, what the hell do I got this? I've been carrying around this piece forever. Where does where the fuck does this go? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say the f bomb, but um. Like yeah, I've been I've been like uh I've been more confused by the puzzles than I have actually like running out of bullets or or, or health. Um, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. That's usually usually the uh, yeah the thing for me is the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, but classic classic Resident Evil was always like scarcity. You didn't you couldn't possibly kill every zombie. You had to run past yeah. or use yep. your knife on as many zombies as you could. Just hope, yeah, hope you can kill them all with the knife. Yeah, but the remaster's not quite that way. So. Um, I've been playing that. I'm almost done with that. Um, but that reminded me of how much I loved Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 is quite possibly my favorite game of all time. Um, wow. Okay. And I know okay. I've I know that I've talked about it here, but probably not a lot because Resident Evil and Metal Gear are my favorite franchises, and I talk about them a lot. But Silent Hill, the franchise as a whole, I don't necessarily like all of those games. Um, mm-hmm. Right, but, but Silent Hill Two in particular is like my favorite. Like it is such a good game. Have you ever played Silent Hill Two, or do you know anything about it? I I played Silent Hill, but I never played Silent Hill Two. So the 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 unique thing about Silent Hill Two is it's actually like a bottle story. It's not connected to the other games. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, and so you can play Silent huh. Hill Two and completely you don't need to know anything about any of the other I'll games. To, I'll have to look into that then. Well. Like I have a great I have a great thing for you then. I haven't tried this on Linux yet. I only have it on <laughs> Windows, but I will but I will. I'll try it on Linux and uh we'll we'll get it working, guys. I don't think it's that complicated. But you can get Silent Hill two. There's a mm-hmm. PC version of the game that's almost impossible to find. Le- <laughs> oh boy. Legally. That you can easily download it. If you just Google Silent Hill two PC or whatever, you can find websites. I think I got it from some defunct like it's like a website that posts defunct games, like games that are completely out of print. You can't find them anymore. Um, right. And you know, you can get there. Uh, you can get the, the almost like an archive. Right. Yeah. And that's the way this is. This came out so long ago. It's just, it's really hard to find. Um, but if you, if you download the PC version of the game, now it has DRM, so you can't launch it. Um, but gotcha. there is a fan made HD remaster of Resident Evil, mm. and I'll have the link in the show notes. Um, you mean Silent Hill or Resident Evil? Oh, I'm sorry. That was a misspeak. It's, it's of Silent Hill 2, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, okay. There's a Silent Hill 2 fan-made remaster. I think it's called Silent Hill 2. I actually had the tab open. If I control shift T, I bet I can find it. Silent Hill 2, the fan-made remaster. <laughs> yeah, I might just have to Google it. Um, 
but there there is a, a fan made remaster that um, if you use their so you have to have a PC copy of the game and then you download their like patcher that patches in their ah, remaster. Okay. Yep. You'll use their launcher so that you launch it with their um, upgraded textures and things, and then the game right. will, then the game will run without DRM. And yep. um, Th- that's like that's kind of like the uh, Oblivion uh, remaster that they're working on. Oh yeah. Oh, game yeah. deal. If you, if you have the game, you can launch it once they release their their remaster. And and you know I I wouldn't I I wouldn't necessarily suggest anybody ever like download a copy. I mean I get it. Of course I've done it in the past, but on a podcast I would never recommend people to do that. Um, no, yeah. I mean I this agree. is a game that's completely defunct. Like you're not going to go find this in a store anywhere. You can't buy it on Steam. You can't buy a digital version of it. Um, there's other Silent Hills you can buy, but Silent Hill Two in particular. For especially for the PC, you can't buy it. Even if you try to buy it for like your PlayStation, um, you're gonna have to buy some like copy of it from some game store that probably is pretty expensive, um, and it's still hard to find. And so it's called it's called Silent Hill Two Enhanced Edition, by the way. That's the fan made Enhanced Edition. Yeah, it's at SilentHillMemories.net. Um, but it's uh, it's really it's really good. So I played the game with their enhancements turned off. And and it was wildly different than my my childhood imagination. What I remembered of it, um, right? But then when you turn their enhancements on, it modernizes it enough that it's like like oh, this is exactly how I remembered. It's not. It's way better than you remember. But it's <laughs> it's what your mind used to fill the gaps for. You know, like they yeah. they have remastered that and and made it. So I'm actually planning on streaming this on Sunday. Um, I've I've always said I was going to stream a game and then I chicken out, but I feel like this is <laughs> this is a unique enough game. That, like no one's going to jump in and tell me I'm playing Silent Hill two wrong. You know what I mean? Like it's like right. You know, it's it's just nostalgia and fun, and I, I think that'll be a, a fun thing for me to finally get over my fear of of uh, video game streaming. Um, so on on Sunday I've, I've set a uh, I've set a scheduled event on our on our channel, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to not chicken out and stick to that. Um. But yeah, Silent Hill 2 is great because it's a bottle story. It feels like you're playing a movie just like I said, but it's a very artistic movie. If Resident Evil would be like a Hollywood blockbuster action flick uh or suspense right. where Silent Hill 2 would be like, you know, uh your Japanese art film you know what I mean? Like it, it would be something yeah. a lot less, a lot more underground, a lot, I'm um, a lot more, uh, je ne sais quoi. Uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a very cool game. The, the, the premise is the main character receives a letter from his recently deceased wife who says that she is waiting for him at silent Hill. And they have like a history of visiting silent Hill together when they were together. And right. so he goes back, he goes to the town to see if he can find her. And when he gets there, of course, you know, it's like in Silent Hill 1, the game. It's like all covered in fog, everything spooky. The other characters that he runs into whenever he's entering Silent Hill are other characters that are on similar paths. Like, there's one character that's trying to find her her dad and her brother. Um, like, you know, like, there's all, all these characters are there kind of like following these similar kind of 
unfinished business kind of so to speak to, to take from Casper <laughs> right. the Friendly Ghost. Um and uh so I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything but all of the events that happen in the game every character seems to have their own set of events that happen. They're not all experiencing huh. the same things in the town. Right. Um and what our main protagonist is is facing the enemies in the town the sort of zombie radioactive creatures are all like reflections of different things from his from his past and from his like you know internalized mm. uh, if i say too much it'll be too revealing and people that are really into the game they know what i'm talking about but like um this is the game that invented pyramid head and <laughs> part of this okay so part of the speculation of this game is that they used pyramid head after this game in other games because the movie kind of popularized it. Right. But the truth is pyramid head should only exist in silent hill two because all of the enemies in this game are all coming from this main character, which is hmm. not in any of the other games, but right. Um, but yeah, silent hill two is, is a fantastic game. So, um, I'm looking into that. And then, I also tried out something called PCSX2, which is a PlayStation emulator. Um, I'm also am running this on Windows, although I will try it on Linux. This one might be a little bit harder. They actually have a Linux build of it, so I guess if mm -hmm. you just use that build, it probably runs without any manipulation. I didn't. I didn't. I'm thinking about that right now. I haven't tried it. Um, but here, I want to try a game that I never heard of until researching mm. survival horror for my game. I heard about this game called haunting ground, um, which is just sort of this really hard to find legendary PlayStation two game that mm. came out in the same time period as resident evil four. Um, and it was kind right. of overshadowed by resident evil four, but it's like a ah. survival horror where you're a character that's running around and you have to hide and keep from panicking and that sort of thing. It's not like a mm. over the shoulder shooter the way, uh, um, Resident Evil more 4, of like right? a suspense game kind of yeah it's it's very similar to the clock tower series which i'm not as familiar with i i do remember playing one when i was younger but it was way over my head and I, it's not a franchise i stuck with um but it, right. it's it's it, people compare it to that franchise because they're both like you know you run and hide and you can panic it, you're it's not about killing your pursuer um, it's it's about running and hiding and trying to trap them, push things on. Them okay, so it's like, like alien isolation, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a pretty modern comparison. Yeah. Um, hmm, yeah. I didn't. I haven't played that one yet, but that's another game I would like to. Uh, I've played to play it. eventually. I've played it, but I haven't played it all the way through. But I've played it, and it it's, gets amazing reviews. Um, I got that for free on a. You know how every once in a while Twitch will be like. Oh, claim your free such and such mm -hmm. or whatever. And right, yeah. To me, they always seem like they're uh, like they're, like. How are they going to give me a free game every month? It has to be a scam. But I, I got that's how I got Alien Isolation. So it, it was real. Must be a scam. <laughs> give me stuff for free. <laughs> it, it can't be real. Linux is a scam. It's free. No, <laughs> it's free as beer, free as speech, man. Um. So yeah. So I've been on a like a total survival horror. Uh, journey oh lately. no dude i wish oh man you're mm, you make that's what i loved that. whenever i was a kid man that was like when i first started playing video games that's what i like loved. dino crisis i've been watching a lot of videos about dino, dino crisis. crisis man oh man that was my game i love dino i crisis. love dino crisis we've talked about that before i <laughs> i actually almost uh, and i'm still on the fence about it i actually almost said my unity project was going to be a 
straight ripoff of Dino Crisis because <laughs> just a straight ripoff, straight ripoff because <laughs> the game doesn't exist anymore. The game is like hard to yeah. find. You got to find an original oh, yeah. PS One copy of it. Um, yep. There's no, it's not even available on this PlayStation Network. I think it might be in Japan, but it's not in America. And mm, there's no yeah. rumors of a remake or anything of it. So like it's, <sighs> man, it's about to get lost to time. You know, that's so sad. And that's why I want to dive more into this PCSX uh, two project where they're emulating PlayStation games because, I mean that I mean it really, you know, it really is sad to think that some of these games like won't exist anymore unless you buy a yeah. two hundred dollar copy of it off of eBay and you buy a <laughs> used PlayStation one. You know what I mean? Like, and so the the thing with that is too, it's like these CDs are not going to last forever either. Yeah, there's a limit to the that. The data on them yeah. is going to go bad, and 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 once that's done, I mean, if it's not uploaded to the internet, you might as well just give up. Yeah, no, that's true. I downloaded a uh, Dunder Crisis for the PCSX2, but it was the first game that I downloaded, and uh, it didn't work. But I probably didn't. I probably wasn't doing it right. I probably wasn't doing something right. Haunted, so Haunted when you're getting right into away, the obscure, though. yeah, when you're getting into the obscure gaming emulation like that, it, it is tough. Yeah. to get it working because like i did a lot of gaming emulation back in the day and man like gamecube games try to get them running good yeah that is like impossible <laughs> i want to play resident evil remake for the gamecube and so i want to try that's to the get one it. that i remember the most is that one that one is probably the, the perfect. GameCube. that is probably the best rendition because it's still the classic game but just modernized yep. If you play uh, yep. RE Remastered, it's very different than the original game. It's very yep. similar, but it's very different also. Um, yeah. But I've been watching video after video about just Japanese survival horror. Um, I don't really know what the genre is called because I also consider Metal Gear in this same kind of genre, but it's not a horror game. you know? Right. And Dino Crisis borderlines horror, but it really is a sci-fi. You know what I mean? It's sort of yeah. sci-fi horror. Yep. Yep, and I think that the game that I'm making, and next week maybe I'll talk about the plot a little bit more. But the game that I'm making, it falls more in that sci-fi uh, adventure more than it does necessarily survival. There's no zombies or anything in my game. Um, it could be dinosaurs, though. <laughs> that mm, dude, you're. Mm. No, I looked at some models for dinosaur. I don't think I could afford to make it a. a I don't think I could mm, afford gotcha. to make a Dino Crisis uh, remake. Oh, I'd have to buy a bunch of dinosaur That'd be, models. Be so cool. So, so there's this really weird game yeah. called The Isle. Yes. And yes, you play as a dinosaur. I know. I saw it. <laughs> it looks from the cover. It looks like it's going to be Dino Crisis, but you play as the dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I remember when we saw that we. In an early podcast, we were looking at like uh, indie dev announcements, or, or it was like yep. an indie dev uh, con or something. And we yep. saw that game, and we were like, "Oh man, it's a Dino Crisis knockoff," you know. But it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Yeah. If it was, I would have bought it. See, that's what I'm saying. I need, I think maybe we need to make a Dino Crisis knockoff, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that would be so awesome. But it has to. It has to be so close to the original because the original is so good. You could you could do a different so. Here's the thing. Do they really own the rights to a <laughs> shooter a shooter puzzle that the enemy is dinosaurs? Like there's no way they're that, Yeah, that's true. That specific. If you that's true. if you actually took their characters and their storyline, yeah, 
that's probably illegal. Yeah. But if you just make yeah. a game where the enemy is dinosaurs, so like you can do yeah, that, dude. Yeah, you can <laughs> do that. Yeah, but no. Okay, so so picture this. Picture this. Yeah. A Dino Crisis based game with the story of um of uh oh, shoot now I'm blanking crowbar <laughs> crowbar of a uh, Half Life. Half Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you not like the it's not really the similar. literal story? But, but like, but you like know what's the, funny the, though? You know what's funny though? They literally are the same story if you really think about it. Like a group of scientists, right, actually, yeah, a group of scientists open portals to what they they open. Oh, uh, dude, an no, experiment you are right. goes bad. They open portals to in, in Dino Crisis. It's to another time where they're bringing dinosaurs into right, their time. Right. But in in Half Life, obviously, it's to another dimension. But like, it's a very similar. Like, it's a science I didn't experiment even going think of that, But yeah, that's like. Yeah, I- identical. Yeah, they're really close. They're really close, and I think you could do something else. I don't know, uh... but like I'm talking about like the quality of story in in Half Life. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah but with yeah. like a Dino Crisis like yeah. like tie in. Yeah, dude, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think we just take we just take what we do is we just take Half Life, leave Gordon Freeman, leave all the scientists, <laughs> and we pl- replace all the models. <laughs> For the head crabs and all that, we replace them with raptors. <laughs> yeah, we oh, just make man. it a mod. And all you have is a crowbar. We can make... <laughs> you only have the crowbar. Just beating raptors with a crowbar. Or better yet, give them the portal gun. Just get a portal. Oh, gun. or a, uh, the gravity gun from the later. Uh, the gravity gun. Yeah. All right. Well. I don't got anything else for this episode. If you don't, um, nope. Man, that was a good episode. I, I that was good. Yeah, it was. It was good. I, I've been again. I feel like I took up the whole show just talking about. What nah, I you're good. Duty, but you're good. I, um, I, I this this topic is so fascinating to me. I wish I wish I could be there to help. Like I want you or, to help. Or, I want you to help, man. I got to figure out how. Like to, how? We yeah. Have, we're gonna start a indie game company, Crowbar Colonel Panic. <laughs> And every game you you only have a crowbar because we never learn how to make guns. And so every game you only have a crowbar. That's our thing. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh man, I love that. Technically, I haven't learned how to make the crowbar work yet, but I'm I'm still working on it. Fighting getting, like Halo style aliens with a crowbar. Yeah, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, we will see you next week. And peace. See ya.